You're listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. I am enjoying a nice hot mint tea here in the studio today, just chilling because um, I clearly ate something that was not, uh, that my stomach didn't like. So to everybody that's hating on the gluten free, I just say suck it because it's like real and my stomach can vouch for it. Um, I'm super excited because one, I'm going to be at Expo West this weekend. Um, and it's kind of like my favorite event of the entire year. It's like a four day conference and they have like floors and floors of different, uh, booths and like all this natural products, uh, and natural foods. And it's just, I eat so much and I take so much stuff home and I'm going to be filming, um, my Zach attack series there. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. So I'm super excited. And I'm also excited because tonight for dinner, I'm making my famous salmon burgers. And that's like my favorite thing right now. Um, and yes, it's, it's from the Gwyneth Paltrow detox because, you know, when you're, when you're a health freak, why not go balls to the wall and follow everything that Gwyneth Paltrow does, right? I'm also really excited today, though, because my guest is dope. I've been following him on Facebook, and so have a lot of my friends, mainly through um, all of the election aftermath. He has been doing a great job of covering it, and I'm really excited to chat with him today. Uh, please welcome. He's the host of The Breakdown on the Young Turks, Mr. Hassan Piker. What's going on? How are you, Hassan? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, you were talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's, yes. um, is that detox. Goop? It's is that goop. what that is? It's goop. Oh my God. I'm Isn't gooping like it to the wall. Dollars? Oh, it is. I, for every, every morning right now, I'm drinking her $200 breakfast shake. Wow. The one that broke the internet. Podcasting <laughs> must be paying really well, or there's some secret that I... <laughs> I wasn't aware of because, like, I, I mean, YouTube, Facebook, social media is great and all, but I don't know if I can afford a $200 shake every morning. Well, here, but, here's the secret. It's not really $200 like all the media outlets were reporting. That's just how much it costs to buy all of the ingredients that you'll be using to make it over the course of the next few weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, I, that's fake news. I it, just totally, yeah. they Hashtag totally misrepresented totally misrepresented poor Gwyneth poor Gwyneth oh, yeah it's killing her right now at home oh my god I'm sure I, <laughs> I've, I've seen her do some interviews with uh I think Chelsea she did an yep. interview there like I, I don't know it's it's a little out of touch for me but then again I'm not here to disparage Ch- uh Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> Okay, so let's get in touch with you, and I like to start off the show with some icebreaker questions, okay? Mm-hmm. So I have some fun questions that I'm going to throw at you, and I want you to answer them as, as deeply as you can. Okay, perfect. Okay, first one, what's one word your mom would use to describe you? Um, asinine. Mm. That's a very nice word. Okay, give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people wouldn't expect? Um, I used to be, and this is, this kind of sucks because it's my, like, go-to answer for this, but uh, I used to be a professional show jumper up until I was 18 years old. I had a horse. Um, so, yeah, I, I Interesting. professionally competed in show jumping. I was way too large even back then. <laughs> How tall <laughs> are you? I'm six foot four. But okay. I mean, back then I was uh, not six foot four, but 
still way too large for show jumping. Mm-hmm. Cause in the end of the day, these horses need to jump over these obstacles with me in their back. Um, my horse died from an unrelated kidney oh. uh, issue, but I Sorry. quit shortly thereafter. Because your horse died? No, because I hated it. It was oh, okay. it, it was something that my parents like kind of forced me to do. It was more like, oh, everyone's doing it. Like, <laughs> the neighbor's boy it. is show jumping as well. So <clears throat> why not try it out? And I hated it because it was so isolated. I mean, I love my horse and I love animals, but um, I always wanted to play basketball with teammates. And, you know, I got to achieve that after, unfortunately, my horse died. Oh, well, I'm yeah. sorry. What's your, what was your horse's name? My horse's first name when we purchased her was Showgirl. Showgirl. And then my dad changed it to Saljan. But in my heart, I always called her Showgirl. Well, may she like rest name. in peace. I like Showgirl as a name. Yeah. Like, I think I may name one of my offspring that. <laughs> that's that's an interesting name to name your offspring. But then again, you know. Um, but just think have, about like, it. Like, saying, like... Think of how much joy that would bring you to, like, say, hi, showgirl. Good morning, showgirl. Like, every morning, that would just bring joy to my life. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of selfish. Because <laughs> <laughs> your your daughter or son's upbringing would be... Um, For my own pleasure. There would be some minor setbacks, I feel like, um, when they're growing up. With a name like showgirl, I feel like they'd get picked on a lot. See, but, like, as my mom would put it, it's going to build character. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's also true. Confidence. I didn't think about the building character part, yeah. Okay. Now, the next question is probably the most telling of all, but what is your drink of choice? Oh, oh. Uh, McAllen 12 Neat Double. Oh, I know someone you would like. Okay. Um, uh, I'm listening. Um, I will I will work my matchmaking after the show. Are you single? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. Okay. Single and looking? Um, depends on are what you, on, you mean by looking. I'm like, just, are I'm you swiping on, on Tinder? Work right now. Uh, no, I'm not on Tinder anymore. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Tinder. Um, a PR company reached out to me recently, and they want me to be a part of Tinder Select, which Ooh. apparently is this new... Um, it's, it's Tinder, but it's more. I, I, I don't know. It's like It's a little bit more selective, I guess. Probably going to be like a little elitist. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, right I, up I Gwyneth might, Paltrow's I alley. What? I said right up Gwyneth Paltrow's alley. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow is all over Tinder Select. <laughs> like, all over. Except probably not. Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> might be on this other dating app that I'm on currently, though. It's called Raya. Yes. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Aren't you not supposed to talk about <laughs> it, though? Is no, it like- people are... I, first of all, I think people want to... I mean, you're not supposed to talk about who's on the app, okay. um, which I won't. But I can mention that I'm on it. But uh, what I mean, it's I don't get it. I mean, first of all, they they want to make more money, so they have to promote it somehow. Right. And they do have a press, like they do have PR. So in the end of the day, I'm sure they want to spread the word a little bit, you know? Right. So that they can get more celebrities on board. Maybe that's, that's what I'm true. doing on here right now. Maybe that's why I came on here, so I could talk about Ray of the Dating See, app. See, it's a trick. Like, they know how to get you to market it. Now, my, loose- my listeners are going to be like, how do I get on Ray? And they're going to be Googling it right now. Oh, for sure. Okay, what's, the most, what's your most embarrassing moment that you learned the most from? Hmm. Um... 18 years old, uh, I started going to University of Miami, 
and I blacked out for the first time ever. And I woke up in the hospital in a hospital gown. My friends broke me out of the hospital. I didn't have any information on me. Oh so, God. yeah, I didn't have in, in a hospital gown. They broke me out of the hospital. They found where I was. And I had to ride Miami's underutilized uh, train uh, system, I guess. I don't in know, whatever. hospital gown. Yeah, in a hospital gown. Had to go and, you know, I went back to sleep in my dorm room and pondered about all the mistakes that led me to blacking out at <laughs> in the middle of Coral Gables and ended up in a hospital. That's a great story. I wish I could tell you I stopped blacking out after that, but I didn't. For a yeah. while, I still had that problem. <laughs> I no well, longer do, luckily, but... Yeah, I mean, it take like me, it takes me like eight times to learn the lesson, but like by the ninth time, I've got it down. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're you're a better man than I then because it took me like 88 times probably. <laughs> okay, last question. If you had to date a Kardashian, which one would it be? Oh, my God. Is, are the Jenners uh, up for Everybody always asks that, and I allow it, so I will allow it. You can have a Jenner. Yeah, I mean, then super easy. It's Kendall. Like, Kendall's the... A peach. Okay, if we ruled out a a Jenner, who would it be? Oh God! Now you're killing me because like it's awful. Now, now all of a sudden, this is not no longer a fun (laughs) game. It's an awful game. Um, Is there a suicide option? Well, what are we talking? One choice. I once had a Chris Jenner, who's like half Kardashian, half Jenner. So if you want to go in that route, I'll I'll allow you. No, I'll go with Kim because I'd be Eskimo Bros with like a bunch of cool dudes. And also Ray J, but still a yeah. bunch of cool dudes, including Kanye. I love Kanye. Yeah, I think her and Ray J are still close. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I would do it for the opportunity of being Eskimo Brothers with Kanye West, which I love. Yes, and respect. Okay, so Hassan, you one of this is how I found you was you make these viral videos and you have um, you have a segment that's called Tommy takedown where you basically call out Tommy Lauren who uh, many people know her as like the very loud mouth blonde. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's putting it nicely. Um, Everything wrong with America, <laughs> like a part or a certain subsect of the American population. So what talk to me, what is her deal? Like, what What do you think? Like, do you think it's a shtick? Do you think she's really, you know, this heated up? Because, I mean, she's got a lot of, of energy that's just boiling, you know, and she, for people that aren't familiar with her, she kind of spits out these very uh, conservative um, opinions about pretty much everything that's going to get her attention, and her videos are always circulating online. And so what you've done now is you've started to break them down bit by bit and and prove all of the contradictions that she she's spitting out. Yeah. Um, okay. Honestly, like you, you're like the fourth outlet I've talked to so far this week on Tommy Lauren and whether she genuinely believes what she's saying or not. And and as much as I appreciate the fascination with um, whether or not she's, like, hypocritical, what she's doing is awful for many different reasons. And, no, I, to answer your question, I, no, I don't think she believes what she's saying. Because, I mean, as much as I, as much as I think that, yes, someone of Tommy Lauren's, like, upbringing and demographic could possibly believe in these, like, really – antiquated old school Republican ideals, like not even Republican, but just like really staunch conservative ideals 
and just backwards bigotry. Uh, yeah, someone could possibly believe those things. I just, for some reason, I don't believe Tommy thinks that. I think she's just opportunistic and has realized very early on that um, uh, people on the Internet or people in general, especially the American people and especially conservatives, don't really care about facts and um, care more about opinions instead, specifically opinions that mirror their own. And that's exactly what Tommy Lauren does. She just regurgitates these really old school, um, you know, Republican bar talk mentality is what I call it. It's just like two Republicans that are agreeing with one another, talking about issues that affect the country from their perspective. So how do you feel that that type of rhetoric is is contributing to the current political climate among, you know, millennials, people in their their 20s and early 30s that are now starting to talk about all of this? I mean, they're just they're sharing it. They're legitimizing it. They're normalizing it. They're not questioning it. And that is what hurts. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the most damaging which is kind of why I started doing this, because I was like, okay, this is absolutely preposterous. Like, she has 4 million uh, uh, likes at this point. She gets around, you know, 4 million to 2 million uh, views on average on every single one of her videos. Like, that, a lot of people have to agree with this person. This is crazy. Like, I need to do my best and play my part in, you know, not stopping uh, the dissemination of this information, but at least uh, countering all of the insane nonsense that comes out of that, you know, publication. And to my surprise, a lot of people responded well to it. They, I mean, originally I was thinking about just doing one video. And then I asked the audience, I was like, if you guys like this, I'll keep doing them. Uh, and, and people responded so positively to it that I decided to, um, and this is kind of a mean girls reference, but I decided on Wednesdays we, we take down Tommy. Yeah. I like it. So do you think the two of you will ever, will ever be friends? Will you ever go on a date? Will that ever kind of simmer down? So the date thing is a joke, obviously, and I'm sure some people get it, but um, there are definitely a lot of people that don't get it because I will get the every, every like 12th message or 13th message will be like, wait a minute, like, why do you want to date her? Like, I don't understand. Or... <laughs> Some people even go so far as to say, like, it's sexist to say that you want to date Tommy Lauren. And that is a concept I simply do not understand. One, it's a joke. And two, even if it wasn't a joke, I always explicitly mentioned that I think she's incredibly intelligent and she's doing this on purpose. And I'm willing to look past our differences to engage her in open and honest discourse. And that's kind of what what I'm saying. I don't want to, like, actually date her. I'm not crazy. Um, but then again, I do like all of my exes are conservative blonde girls from the South. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe she does fit the profile. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Would you ever like really date somebody that's that politically off from you? Both of my exes, uh, and I live in Los Angeles, a liberal safe haven by every means. Uh, both of my exes have been one from Texas, one from Virginia, both blonde, both conservative, both very vocal about their political beliefs. And how that what obviously didn't work out. Well, yeah, it didn't. But uh, I am I am but human, so I don't <laughs> learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Maybe by the 80th time you'll get it. 
Probably. <laughs> so, Hopefully, fingers crossed. So wh- why do you think that there's such a disconnect in our country right now? I think I, I see it a lot more with like millennials, with the younger generation clashing with the older generation. Like you were saying, you know, Tommy's kind of regurgitating some of these older mentality. Um, you know, why do you think, I mean, is it just a cultural difference or what's what's your take on it? Um, the difference between millennials and the generations that came before us is no different than the baby boomers versus Generation Y. Like, it's just, it, it's, I, and I talked about this a little bit on my Simon Sinek video. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but yeah. where uh, he did a pretty viral video on the question of millennials, and it was kind of self-serving. Yeah, where he, that, you know, it, that video pissed me off, actually. Yeah, he was just grossly generalizing and, and, you know, he did a very Tommy Lauren thing of just like not really fact based, but kind of um, kind of just dishing out opinions that people will by and large agree with and share and say, man, that guy's right. But um, it's no different than the previous generations fighting with previous generations that came before them. It's just that I think um, times change and we are constantly evolving and we don't understand it. We don't. We can't comprehend what the youth is doing. Uh, when in reality, what the youth is doing will become the cult- will become culture inevitably. Right. right. And it, and I think a good point of reference for that would be uh, the South Park episode that uh, took a look at uh, took a look at PewDiePie. I don't know if you watched it or not, but um, for those of you who don't know what it was, is what it was about. It, it just kind of took a look at PewDiePie, the game, uh, the YouTube gamer channel. Right. He's like the number one YouTuber uh, out there. Quite controversial as of late, but um, it took a look at how like five-year-olds and twelve-year-olds were playing PewDiePie or like watching PewDiePie play video games, and then the fourteen-year-olds, um, like a little bit older, the little uh, the older demographic was were playing video games and couldn't understand why the five year olds would just elect to watch people playing video games instead of playing video games. And then you had the older generation, like the, their fathers um, and and mothers, to, looking at their children and going, "Why don't you guys go outside? Why are you playing video games?" So that's a never ending cycle, and that's that's the disconnect between generations. And it's nothing new, and it will continue to happen. Do you feel like that's a fair argument that it's just a disconnect between generations? And that's um, why that's why none of us seem to agree on what's going on because I kind of feel like there there is an overlap. There are a lot of younger people that, you know, definitely I've had a few of them on the show that are hardcore Trump supporters um and that fully believe in in him. I mean, and and then I I see a lot of older people that are very still true to their their liberal beliefs and and you know won't go in that direction at all. I mean, of course, humans are complicated individuals. Everyone has um, very different opinions on certain things, and you will have young people that are um, diehard Trump supporters. You definitely see that because to them, Trump may represent um, change. Uh, and then older, uh, of course, there are older people that are still liberal. It, it's right. just that what I was referring to is just. By and large, people have an opinion of millennials that they're entitled and lazy, and they disagree with um, some of the things that we're doing, like our right. focus on making an impact on the world. Like I'm going to generalize, use a, use one of the statements that Simon Sinek uh, used, whatever that means. He said uh, yeah. he was like making an impact, whatever that means. <laughs> like this is something I hear a lot from older generations, right? And 
that's because, yeah, we are looking to make an impact, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not working as hard. Right. That's what I was referring to as far as the generational disconnect. Okay. But, of course, there are still – f- I mean – Do you feel like you there's the a way to – overwhelming data, when you look at the data – Millennials still overwhelmingly voted in favor of Hillary Clinton. Right. Whether they did it reluctantly like myself or not, they still voted uh, more Democratic. So do you feel like there's a bridge between the disconnect or how do you think we can start to solve that issue? Because obviously everybody's really hot right now. Everybody, you know, is engaged right now. Is that, I mean, should we be participating in these conversations? Is there a way to do it? Um. I don't even, I don't really think that you can solve the generational gap. I don't think it's a problem that you can easily, that you can solve. Like, it, it, like I said, it comes from a place of not understanding progress, not understanding the evolution that we're experiencing as a society. Because think about it this way. Do you know the app Musical.ly? No. Are you familiar with this app? You don't know what it is. Okay. So there's this app called Musical.ly, right? Okay. And I'm just going to use a social media analogy for this. And that app is uh, frequented by, you know, 12-year-olds, basically. It's, a, it's an app where you just sing to the camera in slow motion, and then it speeds it up. So, like, it's just a selfie music app, right? It's okay. Widely, it's insanely popular. And then the people on Musical.ly are now becoming, like, serious celebrities. You know, Jacob Sartorius is an example. He's, I think he's, like, 14 now, and his fans are, like, six years old. And to me, that's insane. I'm like, yeah. why? What this 14 year old has like? We're right. not even. Hold on, I'm going to look up exactly how old Jacob Sartorius for for sake of clarity here. Um, yeah, Jacob Sartorius is 14 years old. Okay, he was born in 2002. I'm 25 years oh old. Oh my god, mind blowing to me. He has, um, uh, let's see how many. Yeah, he has 1.3 million. Uh, no, no, that's not right. Let's let's take a look at his YouTube channel. He has 2.2 million followers on his YouTube channel what alone. What could somebody? Okay? I don't. What can and somebody at 14 like lip sync songs? What? Okay. Yeah. What can somebody at that age be so popular over? Yeah. This, see, but this is what this is exactly my point. It's that. This is the generation that's coming uh, from uh, behind us. Right. This is the generation that will follow us. And, <laughs> and you and I are sitting here, and we can't even understand that. And they're so close to us in age. So how do you expect a 45-year-old that's uh, true. That's uh, person a good point. to understand where we're coming from? That's a good point. It's just different. And that's why like, a lot of people in middle America are looking at us and going, why do these people care so much about LGBT-related issues? Why do they care so much about progress? When I can't put food on the table, and to them they think Donald Trump represents a Donald Trump's the kind of guy that they can get on board with that they think can put food and money they can bring money back to American families that can put food on the table. And for a lot of white people that voted for Donald Trump, they can overlook the racist stuff. For a lot of men, they can overlook the racist stuff because they are ha- overlook the sexist stuff because they have the privilege to do so. But I really don't know why minority groups voted for Donald Trump, and they still did. <laughs> way I better agree. than, way more I than, um, you know, way more than any other, uh, way more than they ever have. Yeah. When compared to That's other Republicans. And that's a mind boggling 
issue in and of itself. So what I want to do right now is go through some of the issues that are really pressing right now. And I kind of want like a, a quick breakdown, a Hassan breakdown of each of these issues to try to, I mean, these are things that I think everybody should be aware of and, and know about. So I'm hoping you can help us kind of, you know, brief me on them. Okay. Okay. First one is freedom of the press. Um, I mean, right now everybody's, you know, the the press is talking about, or there's a concern that Trump's going to shut them down, um, or he's continuing to discredit them. And some people say that, you know, this is signs of of a dictator. You know, why why are why is the press so concerned, and why um, how much damage can he actually do? I mean, he's already doing a lot of damage, really tremendous damage. So look, okay. there are checks and balances within the American Constitution, right? I mean, there's uh, within the American government. And Congress is one of them. And we already know that the Republican majority House and Senate is not doing its job. They're not holding Trump accountable, which, by the way, they are supposed to be doing. Right. But what I'm mentioning is, and then there's judiciary, and then they're, and they're doing their best. But the fourth estate is media. The fourth estate, as they call it, the, the, the final bastion of upholding democratic values and if you discredit the media and you already hold all power in the congress then you really don't have a lot of opposition you can right. you can disseminate propaganda as you see fit which he's already doing through uh sub channels like breitbart um and the blaze network and tommy lauren uh, and and discrediting all sorts of discrediting any sort of media that is in opposition of the trump administration and eventually people, in the end of the day, it's the bully pulpit, right? People have to believe him. He has way broader access and more credibility, technically, than the media does because he's the president. And a lot of people are, uh, are starting to believe him and if, making an enemy of the press along the way. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's... But is it, is it like genuine, um, is it a genuine infringement of freedom of the press? Not yet. Okay. If you ask Keith Olbermann, he thinks so. I kind of agree with what he's saying um, as far as like that one tweet, the one tweet he had where he said CNN, ABC, New York Times are enemies of the American public. That is incredibly scary. That statement is just devastating. Yeah. It's a devastating statement for a president, for the president to, make. to be making. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. So, okay. yeah, so that's that's terrifying. But we haven't seen real uh, infringement on freedom of the press yet. But, you know, hope. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and yeah. get fingers crossed. But, yeah, right. I mean, it, 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 it seems to be heading in that uh, direction. Okay. And that's terrifying. What can I mean, is there any is there anything that we can do to maybe I don't know. I mean, I I don't even yeah, know. support. Yeah, support your independent news outlets like the Young Turks or support the New York Times financially. That's that's all you can do so they can hire lawyers, so they can hire more journalists, so they can, uh, you know, so they can keep the government accountable as best as they possibly can. On top of that, obviously, you have ACLU uh, that, uh, that needs funding. You have yeah. nonprofit organizations like Planned Parenthood that need funding. But from the media angle, what you can do is, like I said, support yeah, independent media. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. Okay. Talk to me about trans rights. Um, what is this new law that everybody's talking about and why is everybody so concerned about trans rights and LGBT um, rights overall? Um, so 
that's an interesting question because I mean, it's the LGBT community, and by the way, uh, the trans community is like hasn't really even uh, gotten any rights yet. Right. But the LGBT community, if we're going to loop it into one general category, has recently seen some civil liberties uh, that you know. Uh, cisgender uh, Americans have had uh, access to for you know the for a very long time, so um, so that's why we're talking about it because people are terrified. We just recently got uh, LGBT rights for uh, LGBT Americans, like uh, um, like for example, gay marriage being uh, something that's like legal at the federal right. level. But then on top of that, um, you know, this is. The thing I get from the right, and I love talking to conservative people, uh, some friends, some not, but uh, the thing I get from the right is they, they want to put a pause on this. Like they want to they wanna halt it. They want to halt this progress because they feel like um, it's taking the attention, it's directing the attention away from economic issues that they, uh, economic struggles that they face. And those economic struggles we face as well. Right. And we try to fight that, but uh, we don't try to fight that by electing um, Mike Mike Pence is VP. Like that's the that's the right. key difference here. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, by and large, I think that's the biggest concern around uh, the LGBT related issues is that this administration has gone back and forth, uh, and Donald Trump is very unique in the sense that he was very LGBT friendly from the get go. He was. I mean, it, it's it's a fact that he still is the only Republican president or the Republican presidential candidate yeah, at the time that it. waved a rainbow LGBT flag on the campaign trail. Like, that's not, that's not nothing. Right. That is actually something. He's the only Republican presidential candidate that ever said, I don't care where Caitlyn Jenner goes and, and uses the restroom. She, she can uh, use whatever restroom she wants in Trump Tower. Like, that's symbolic of his uh, opinion on um, trans rights in general. However, we're currently now seeing that um, Donald Trump probably uh, is not going to play a massive part and champion the LGBT rights as he so promised on the campaign trail because the majority of, uh, I mean, his conservative base is uh, very against that progress. Okay, talk to me about immigration. So we've been hearing things about the Muslim ban. They've now proposed an alternative plan to that. The wall is still happening. Why? Uh, I mean, and then their argument is we're just getting stricter on immigration. You know, why is that such a bad thing? Um, so this is interesting. This is an interesting conversation because um, – as far as immigration goes, in the end of the day, undocumented citizens do come here um, illegally, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a no-brainer for them uh, to, to tackle as an issue because they're like, well, these people are here illegally, technically, right? Mm-hmm. But why are they here illegally? It's not like they um, could have easily went through the steps and took the official route to come here. They, they had to come here illegally. So there's this humane component that they try to skip over and Donald Trump is doing that in an incredibly uh, effective way by criminalizing the behavior of illegal immigrants. On the campaign trail, he talked about how Mexicans weren't sending their best out here. They were rapists. They were um, you know, bringing dealers. in drugs and guns, and, yeah. and, <clears throat> and they're criminals. And he constantly talks about how these criminal 
illegal immigrants come in and, and kill Americans and take the lives of, um, you know, precious white American lives uh, slain in the hands of illegal immigrants. Now, when you look at it, it's, it's statistically just simply, it's not untrue. Not, yeah. There are definitely cases where uh, undocumented citizens have, um, you know, committed atrocious crimes, but it's nothing. It's nothing. It's, in, it's a statistical insignificance in comparison to American citizens committing crimes. And we also know that these undocumented citizens, especially in sanctuary cities or in states like California, contribute more to society than they take. There's this, um, there's this notion that illegal immigrants come here and, you know, they're taking advantage of the welfare state, when in reality, when in fact they're not. And they're always, and by and large, they're taking jobs that other people wouldn't want to do. Very low income jobs. Therefore, that whole income, um, the, 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 the taxation argument um, is, is also somewhat insignificant because the impact that they would have on income, uh, on like income taxes, it would be minimal, whereas uh, everything that they do, their contribution as far as sales is drastic, is massive. More than what the government assistance is to California, more than the federal assistance to California, like 10 times more almost. I don't know the exact, uh, exact okay. numbers, but I think they contribute, what, $157 billion, I believe, in taxes. Wow. That's what undocumented. I mean, I want to give you exact numbers, but hold on. Let me just pull that out, actually. Um, but, yeah. So there's all this misinformation, and uh, in my opinion, I think they're doing this. They're... they're they need an enemy. Okay, right. it's all the, scare the administration tactics. needs an enemy, and Muslims provide a perfect enemy. They're both here among us and also abroad, and you should be terrified of them. And I'm here as your protector. That's what dictators do. Right. And I mean, you, we have plenty of different regimes from the past, plenty of different dictatorships from history where we see examples of that. And now Donald Trump is essentially doing, and I wrote about this recently, it's coming out tomorrow in my latest video, where this is this three-pronged approach of, of purging Latinos with the stricter immigration and also, um, I mean, uh, the, the wall and essentially kicking uh, undocumented immigrants out by using ICE and cooperating with um, you know, local governments. And even if they haven't been, even if they've been living here for 10 plus years, they, there's no there's no budging there. There's no repatriation efforts, even though the American public is 100 percent on board with repatriation efforts right. um, instead of like, I mean, have them pay a tax, have them pay a fine and start their process in repatriation. That's what the majority of Americans want. However, the government will never allow that. Now, and then on top of that, he is banning Muslims, essentially, but now six and not seven Muslim nations, but six Muslim nations. And um, even though the writing is different and there's no more like religious test involved in it and they're not asking you, hey, uh, are you a Christian or a Muslim, which was a stupid question to begin with. In the end of the day, these are still majority Muslim nations that he's um, denying travel from. And that is uh, creating, essentially that's creating an insecurity with, uh, domestically and also creating uh, a breeding hatred abroad of America for these people that still look to America as their final hope, their final salvation, yeah. even though Americans have bombed their nations for years. Yeah. So 
And then the third is the continuous, um, not disenfranchisement, but the continuous, um, what, what's, the, what's a better word to use there? I was going to say continuous disenfranchisement of blacks, but I was going to say, okay, marginalization of black Americans through excessive policing and through discriminatory police practices and his support of, you know, like Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter and regarding um, a Black Lives Matter movement as a, as a violent terrorist movement, basically, even though it's not. Right. So, what, so that's the three-pronged approach to non-whites. So what what do you think is I mean what can we do here what what how can we counteract all of this I mean what what are our options what I mean besides breaking down the barriers and talking about it Um well we're already I think we're doing a pretty decent job at at combating this oppressive uh, administration so far I mean tomorrow is uh I mean today and tomorrow is International Women's Day and we have a day without women. There's going to be protests all around the world, and that's huge. I mean, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be walking in downtown, and um, like things like that, mobilization by and large, and and yeah. telling the government, uh, resisting the government whenever they think they can get away with this stuff, is is the best thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Civil get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Get involved. You know, protesting does work. Make sure that you vote. Um, Hassan, I wish we could cover so many more of the other issues that I wanted to go through, but everybody, Hassan covers these um, multiple times a week. Where where can people go to watch your videos and, and tune into the Young Turks? Oh, all my videos are on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hassan Piker TYT. And you can also find them on and more on the Young Turks, which is facebook.com slash the Young Turks. And uh, also on my Instagram, I usually plug them or keep my audience aware of the next video that com- that's coming up. Or sometimes I'll even ask them, like, what should I cover next? And my Instagram is uh, at Hassan D. Piker. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to Hashtag No Filter. Be sure to follow Hassan. Um, he really does a great job at covering these topics in a way that um, that is bite-sized and easy to, to digest. So go and check him out. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to Hashtag No Filter every Wednesday on iTunes. We'll be back next week with another awesome episode. Um, don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. And you can follow me at The Actual Zach on Snapchat. Don't forget to go out and order my book, When Life Hands You Lemons, throw them at people on Amazon right now. And like Hassan said, you guys go out there, get involved. You know, the there are plenty of protests that are going on, plenty of articles that you can read. There are tons of ways that you can support. Donate to Planned Parenthood. You know, get a subscription to the New York Times. There are tons of ways that you can get involved on very small levels. So please continue to get involved. I will be back next week. Bye.